American soccer fans, welcome to episode 83 of the Stars and Stripes FC podcast. Donald Wine here, manager of Stars and Stripes FC, your source for all things U.S. national teams, the players that comprise them, and everything else surrounding the game of soccer in America. Well, we are going beyond the borders of the United States of America because the World Cup is upon us. As we record today on November 17th, 2022, games kick off in just three days with the opening match between Qatar and Ecuador. The U.S. men's national team will hit the field in four days on November 21st when they take on Wales. So as we get ready for the World Cup, I thought it'd be great to kind of go through all the groups and then we take a break and kind of come back and talk about the roster and focus in more on the United States men's national team and their chances to advance at the World Cup. So first of all, 32 teams, obviously, led by uh, a lot of different favorites. Some other contenders. We'll talk about some of those in just a second. But let's go through the groups one more time in case you haven't heard them uh, before uh, in the last you know month or so leading into this tournament. Let's start with Group A, led by hosts Qatar, also featuring Ecuador, Senegal, and the Netherlands. We're going to talk about Group B a lot, obviously, because that is England, Iran, Wales, and, of course, the United States. Group C... We have Argentina, Saudi Arabia, Mexico, and Poland. Group D, we have France, Australia, Denmark, and Tunisia. A a very loaded top half of uh, the groups, at least, and that will make for some interesting knockout battles for some of these teams that could advance out of the group. Let's continue to Group E. Group E is Spain, Costa Rica, Germany, and Japan. You kind of have to feel for Costa Rica there. We'll talk about that in a second. Group F, we have Belgium, Canada, Morocco, Croatia. Group G, we have Brazil, Serbia, Switzerland, and Cameroon. And the final group, Group H, we have Portugal, Ghana, Uruguay, and South Korea. I mentioned there are some teams that are favorites. There are some others that are contenders, and there's some that really got the short end of the stick when it came to this particular draw. Let's start with the favorites. I think, honestly, the favorites that you have to list include Argentina, France, Brazil, England, maybe, and Belgium. I mean, those are the teams that a lot of people are looking at are as the teams that could go all the way and they have the tools to do so. All these teams are loaded. All these teams are stacked. They may have uh, many different stars on the team. You'll see a lot of familiar faces on these teams, but these are the teams that I think are going to be considered the overall favorites to win this year's World Cup. There's obviously some other contenders in the mix namely Denmark, who has really kind of came out of nowhere and kind of slowly crept up the rankings. They're now in the top 10. You have Croatia, who was in the final four years ago. You have the Netherlands, which are always, they're always tough. Spain is always tough. Germany is always tough. You can't count them out. So let's take a look quickly at CONCACAF, because obviously uh, CONCACAF has the maximum number of teams in this tournament, four of them. The U.S. obviously is in Group B. You heard Mexico in Group C. Costa Rica and Group E and Canada and Group F. We'll talk about the U.S. after the break. So let's go to Mexico real quick. They they haven't been playing very well as they enter the tournament. They just lost in a friendly to Sweden yesterday, and they're kind of reeling. And 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 their team, or at least their fans, are are thinking that they can get to the fifth game. Can they get to the fifth game? This the thing that's eluded them since 1986. And honestly, I don't know that they can but they're going to have a, a difficult group. I think they'll get out of the group with Saudi Arabia, Poland, and Argentina. 
but qualifying in second may put them against a team like France. And I don't know how you compete against France. France is, again, very, very much stacked uh, as a lineup top to bottom. Costa Rica really got the short, the, the, the worst draw of all of the CONCACAF teams. They are in a group with Spain, Germany, and Japan. Spain and Germany, again, two contenders to the title. And Japan, a sleeper who could you know go far because they have a, a very loaded team and really a team that is technically sound and they play well. Uh, and we saw that in September when they played the United States. So Costa Rica, uh, they have Keylor Navas, and Keylor Navas has literally taken them to the quarterfinals before. They He did that in 2014. He's one of the best goalkeepers in the world still. And if he is hot, Costa Rica will remain in the match and have a chance to win it. So that's their hope as they enter uh, the group stage. And then finally, Canada. Canada in their first World Cup in 36 years. They will be in a group with Belgium, Morocco, and Croatia. Again, not a great draw for Can- if you're Canada. Croatia, one of the strong teams. Belgium, one of the strongest teams. Morocco, a very dangerous team. Canada can be a dangerous team as well, uh, but it's all dependent on whether Alfonso Davies is going to remain healthy. I know he was hurt uh, right before rosters were announced. He is on the roster for Canada, but it's going to be whether or not he can carry them and a lot of these other guys can produce. I believe they've only scored one goal in World Cup play all time. So they're going to have to score a lot of goals to really uh, pull off some results against some of these teams. So there's your whole group. Let's pause here for a quick break. On the other side, we will discuss not just the 26 players who will represent the U.S. at the World Cup, but we will also discuss their schedule and whether or not they have a chance to advance out of the group stage. So stick around. We are back and we shift focus solely to the U.S. men's national team, who, of course, will be competing in the World Cup. They have three games in the group stage beginning on Monday, November 21st. And let's go through the roster real quick. And first of all, the roster reveal, We were I was there on November 9th in New York City where they announced there were a couple of surprises here, but there wasn't a lot of anxiety around some of these picks. There was a lot of players who we knew were going to be on this roster. It was just a matter of who was going to be selected due to injury or what have you. But let's go through the roster real quick. First of all, we have our goalkeepers, Ethan Horvath, Sean Johnson, and Matt Turner. I think one of the biggest surprises, no Zach Steffen on this roster. Your defenders, Cameron Carter-Vickers, Serginho Dest, Aaron Long, Shaq Moore, Tim Ream, Anthony Robinson, Joe Scali, DeAndre Yedlin, and Walker Zimmerman. Chris Richards probably would have been on this team had he not been hurt, but uh, he's been hurt since September and was not fit enough to make the roster. At midfield, we have Brendan Aronson, Kellen Acosta, Tyler Adams, Luca De La Torre, Weston McKinney, Yunus Musa, and Christian Roldan. I think, I guess the slight surprise is Brendan Aronson has been moved from the forwards where he normally is listed to midfield that kind of maybe uh, hints at how Greg Berhalter does, will utilize him at the World Cup. And then finally, our forwards. Jesus Ferreira, Jordan Morris, Christian Pulisic, Gio Reyna, Josh Sargent, Tim Weya, and Haji Wright. Right being the one that's the biggest surprise, in my opinion. Obviously, a well-deserved honor. Ricardo Pepe is left off this roster. Jordan Pifok is not on this roster. Haji Wright makes it in their place. Jordan Morris also makes it in place of Paul Ariola. 
there was unsubstantiated rumors that Paul had picked up a knock in the fitness camp that was held for MLS players. Uh, we don't, we can't confirm that, but obviously he was very bummed to be left off the roster after really being a part of, of a very big part of the team during qualifying. So there's your 26 guys. And we have three group stage matches. The first one being again on November 21st, that is against Wales, November 25th, black Friday. That's the big one against England. And then wrapping up the group stage on November 29th against Iran, all games at 2 PM Eastern on big Fox. So Whatever lunch breaks you need to take on those days. I know Black Friday is most people have the day off. Get to your place to watch your game early. Again, all the games at 2 p.m. Eastern. So you don't need to know what time the game is on. They're all the same time, all the same channel, Big Fox. I think the thing about Group B is there's a lot of people who are kind of underrating some of these teams, namely Wales and Iran. Everyone in this group is in the top 20 in the FIFA rankings. The only group at the World Cup that can say that. England is number five. The U.S. is 16. Wales, 19. And Iran, 20. And a lot of people are saying, oh, this may not be the group of death. A lot of people point at the group with Costa Rica uh, being the kind of the, the sacrificial lamb to Spain, Germany, and Japan in Group E. But I think Group B could be that, that group because all of these teams are strong enough to not only advance out of the group, but to win the group. And when you have four teams in the top 20, Anything can happen. Do not sleep on Wales and don't sleep on Iran. I think everyone obviously is looking at England as the team to beat in this group. But make no mistake, all these teams are strong. All these teams can advance. You have to get off to a great start against Wales. And I'd like to remind folks that the United States has never lost to England in a World Cup match. The plan is not to start now. But, you know, that's going to be a very difficult match to obtain. England, I mean, they have probably the most well-known roster on the planet. Everyone knows every name on that roster. There's no surprises and everyone is going to be looking for them to do well, especially considering they got to the semifinals in the last world cup. And then in the euros, they got to the final where they lost to Italy on penalty. So I think this is uh, obviously for a U.S. perspective, we compare ourselves in a lot of ways on the soccer front to England and so that's why that matchup has been viewed as kind of the top bill of this group. But the game against Wales, the game against Iran are also going to be very difficult. And for U.S. to get out of the group, they're going to have to play well in all three games. Can they get out of the group? Of course they can. They should be one of the top two teams, and that should be the main benchmark, I think, for success. After that, you're in the knockout stage. You're playing with house money at this point. You know, If we get out of the group, we're likely playing either the Netherlands or Senegal in the round of 16 both are very good. Senegal, we, we've never played them before. They will hope that Sadio Mane is healthy. He's been hurt in recent weeks. The last time we played the Netherlands was that game in 2015 in Amsterdam when Bobby Wood at the death stole a victory from them and gave it to the United States. So that is, it, both are possible. I will say, interesting enough, the EA Sports official predictor that they had had the U.S. losing in the quarterfinals 1-0 to France. It also had the U.S. winning the group, so, you know, take all of that with a grain of salt. But I'm sure all of us would take winning the group and getting to the quarterfinals as a very successful tournament. I know I would. In the end, the hope is that the U.S. does well, gets out of the group, and does some damage to set up the expectations for hosting the tournament three and a half years from now. Finally, as we close out here, I know a lot of people out there are conflicted about watching this World Cup because of the fact that 
you know, a lot of factors. One, that it's in Qatar and all of the controversy surrounding not just the bid to win the 22 World Cup hosting duties, but everything around the building of the stadiums and Qatar's overall human rights record just being abysmal. Many of us going are just as conflicted at, about it as you are. And the process to award the 2022 World Cup to Qatar was rife with corruption and collusion. And while over $200 billion have been spent on building these stadiums and preparing the country to host the world, the biggest price tag has been the thousands of migrant workers who died in the process of preparing Qatar to host this tournament. There's also their human rights record when it comes to free speech, not allowing the LGBTQ community to live free in their own skin and overall women's rights. There's a lot surrounding this. And oh, yeah, we haven't even arrived at the point of playing the games. And I know that's a lot. And with it also occurring around the holidays with no lead up and all of the clubs basically pausing three days ago, it means some aren't as jazzed about this tournament as they have been in the past. However, with the U.S. in the World Cup for the first time in eight years, it is our task as a site at Stars and Stripes FC to cover the team as they compete in that tournament. And that's what we aim to do. So we will be focusing on the games, but where the opportunity arises to shed light on some of the things that affect the fan experience at the World Cup, we'll share that too. We get that some of you won't be watching the World Cup or will only watch some of it, and that's okay. It's okay to try and find your path to support our national team while also not supporting the tournament as a whole. We will have that coverage for you in case you choose to not watch the games but still want to follow the national team as they compete. We're all fans of the game, and while we aren't decision makers that can influence any country to change, the hope is that our work continues far beyond the end of this tournament and it is not just done while the eyes of the world are upon Qatar. Know that as fans, you have the ability to show support for the team and protest over the tournament in the ways you feel is right for you. No two approaches will be the same and there isn't one correct approach. However you express that disdain or protest or even show support for the national team, we support you in that. And for all the coverage you desire, I hope that you will support us over here at Stars and Stripes FC. Come be a part of the community, discuss all of the World Cup in everything surrounding it in our comments for all the matches. We will have match coverage for every single game, including the U.S. games. So with that, that'll do it for episode 83 of the Stars and Stripes FC podcast. I thank you so much for listening. As always, if you like, subscribe, rate, review, we really appreciate it. Five-star ratings are especially appreciated. I will try to update everyone internet willing from Doha on how it's going over there for the few days that I'm there. So if you have some questions about the World Cup or topic suggestions, of course, send them to ssfcpodcast at gmail.com. So until next time, take care.